I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN, a global center of excellence for geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn how you can put geopolitics to work for your organization at rainnetwork.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics podcast. My name is Emma Kami, and I'll be your host today. On May 18th, the acting CEO of South Africa's state-owned electricity utility warned of a difficult winter as the company may be forced to impose its most severe electricity cuts yet to maintain stability of the grid. Here to talk about the country's crisis and what it means for security and business operations is Sam Lichtenstein, RAIN's Director of Analysis. Welcome, Sam. Hey, Emma. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so to start us off, can you provide some background to the crisis and why the coming months may be particularly challenging? Sure. So this is one of those global crises that were it not for things like the war in Ukraine, China-U.S. tensions, et cetera, would probably be getting a huge amount of attention because it is truly something that's really been crippling South Africa's economy, politics, society, security, et cetera, for, for many, many years now and has really intensified in the, in the past few. But broadly speaking, uh, what we're talking about here is that the state-owned utility, ESCOM, simply does not have enough supply to meet the demand for electricity. Uh, and what that means is that beginning in late 2007, when this crisis really kicked off, the utility is forced to engage in what's called load shedding, uh, which is basically to describe electricity cuts to maintain the stability of the grid. The idea being that if it didn't impose these cuts, there's a risk that the grid could fail. You would have a blackout. Obviously, that would be horrific. The problem is that these cuts have really escalated to not just kind of being temporary one-offs, uh, perhaps every few weeks or every few months, uh, but actually being daily occurrences uh, where customers are without power for multiple hours a day. Um, up until now, the company has not moved from what's beyond what's called stage six, which equivalent, which equi equates, excuse me, to 6,000 megawatts to be removed from the grid. Uh, but what's potentially going to be happening over over the winter, which in South Africa lasts from approximately June to August, uh, is that it may be forced to move to stage eight, which would be the removal of approximately 8,000 megawatts. Uh, the problem here is that that really translates into potentially 16-hour um, power outages in a 32-hour cycle. So if you're an individual, if you're a business, it doesn't matter, you are now potentially exposed to being uh, without power for a significant period of time. Now, what most individuals uh, that have the means to do so in South Africa have done until now is to buy generators, uh, or invest in alternative things like solar power, etc. Uh, but if you're one of the millions poorer South Africans, uh, you're a small business that has a uh, few other resources, etc., you don't have the capability to do this. And so we're now really coming up against a crunch where there's a significant concern that this crisis is going to get really bad in the next few weeks. Um, and what are some of the risks facing locals, foreign travelers, uh, and businesses? 
Yeah, so as I mentioned, you know, as with every tragedy, unfortunately, this of course affects those that have the fewest means the far, uh, far more than it affects those with the resources. So generally speaking, uh, multinational companies, uh, wealthy individuals in the country, etc., foreign travelers that are primarily staying at luxury tourist sites, all these types of individuals and organizations have been comparably less affected because they can afford mitigation measures. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned, if you're one of the poor individuals, you're a small business, you simply can't cope with these challenges. Uh, so there's already a bit of a, a differentiation in terms of the risk level. Uh, but that being said, even if you are the wealthiest multinational firm that has operations in South Africa, you still have to contend with a huge amount of risks here. And so there are a number that I want to lay out, both from kind of the corporate perspective and then the individual traveler perspective uh, that I think are worth highlighting. And so the first and foremost is obviously any company has to contend with disruptions to its operations. I mean, we're talking about a system right now in South Africa where there are multiple hours of the working day where electricity is technically not available. Uh, that causes obviously a huge amount of operational disruptions uh, throughout a whole number of industries. So for instance, if you're a retailer, how do you uh, bring up your point of sale uh, for people to take credit cards to, to pay for things? If you're a extractive industry company, how are you able to conduct mining operations underground. Uh, if you're an agricultural company, how are you shipping your produce and not having it spoil? Um, and even if you don't have all of these direct challenges, there are obviously a huge amount of cascading challenges uh, at any point along the supply chain. So uh, if the electricity is not working, are your logistics providers, your transportation vendors, et cetera, are they able to move goods from point A to point B? Thinking about all the ways in which you use electricity in the background that you may not even realize it. Um, a second major challenge is, of course, staffing shortages. Um, as I mentioned, you know, these electricity shortages, of course, affect locals that are the poorest of society the worst. Uh, and many of these people are also working jobs at, uh, you know, uh, retail locations, mining, et cetera. And so if these individuals uh, can't can get to work because of travel delays. Uh, bear in mind, this means that the lights go off. So you can imagine how gridlock quickly becomes a problem. You're obviously going to have employee absenteeism. Uh, if you can't have schooling, even though they're technically supposed to be open, unsurprisingly, many still are forced to close. And parents, therefore, have to stay home with their kids. They may not be able to attend work. So for all of these and other problems, uh, you're expecting more staffing shortages. And then a third one that I'd point out um, is the risk of crime. Uh, there have been a huge number of reports that have come out that have shown uh, a very clear correlation, and in some cases, what some have said is a causation between load shedding and upticks in crime. Uh, you can imagine how when streetlights go out, when security systems are not functional because they lose their electricity connection, obviously this is a more permissive environment for criminals uh, to conduct a whole range of things. Um, and crucially, what we've also seen is that criminality has has gotten worse uh, because criminals are now starting to steal the precise things that are supposed to be the mitigation measures. So for companies that are implementing solar panels, there's been a huge uptick in solar theft. Uh, for companies that are putting backup generators or batteries uh, into their operations, they're having them stolen by criminals. So even the mitigation measures themselves are falling victim to this problem. 
And then from the, the individual perspective, just to talk about this for a second, um, you know, we, there are obviously a lot of individuals that are going to be traveling to South Africa uh, in what would be the summer in the in the northern hemisphere. Um, and so, you know, there are a number of particular travel risks. Uh, some of these are along the same lines I already mentioned. So, for instance, you should be preparing for travel delays. You know, if the traffic lights go out, it doesn't matter um, if you're rich or you're poor. If you're stuck in traffic, that's a problem. Um, I'd also note that there are a huge number of potential knock-on consequences that could really see this situation escalate worse. Um, so a few months ago, uh, the airport authority uh, in Cape Town warned that there was a problem in which load shedding had disrupted operations of one of its major jet fuel suppliers. Now, the problem what uh, didn't rise the level that there was a jet fuel shortage, but you can understand that if all of a sudden you now had more hours of electricity outages and a jet fuel supplier can't actually produce the jet fuel it needs to, you all of a sudden run into a potential situation where South Africa's second busiest airport at Cape Town may not be able to continue operations at its normal level. Um, another thing, you know, to highlight, uh, I already mentioned, obviously, the criminal risk to businesses, but this, of course, is also goes the same for travelers. Um, there's upticks in pickpocketing, robberies, etc., uh, of greater concern, also of kidnappings. And then I'd also highlight the risk of strikes, protests, other forms of social unrest. We've already seen a huge number of these uh, linked to the load shedding issue, as well as broader political and economic grievances. Um, and as this situation potentially deteriorates in the next few weeks, the threat that you might have protests in major downtown urban areas is, uh, is only going to grow. Wow, so a very wide variety of risks. Um, is there anything that people and companies can do to prepare for or at least mitigate the impact of the electricity cuts? There as always some best practices, but you know, I, I definitely agree with the way you phrased it, Emma, which is what we're really talking about now is more mitigation, honestly, than wholesale prevention. Um, so, you know, if you're a corporate or excuse me, if you're a traveler, you know, a few things that you can do is first of all, think about your communications plan. Um, I mean, this is gonna be everything as basic from if you're in South Africa and you're leaving your hotel for the day, make sure your phone is charged. Um, you know, I don't say that uh, glibly, but there may be a situation where you're out and you can't access uh, electricity charger uh, because it's unavailable at whatever location you're at. Uh, you can also do things like uh, take extra care when you're planning your schedule. You should build in extra time for, for gridlock and potential delays. Um, as I mentioned, traffic is becoming a huge problem here. Um, and then a third thing that I'd really highlight is the focus on medical care. Um, this is one particular concern for, for travelers. Um, even though hospitals technically, according to a court ruling, are supposed to be exempt from load shedding, perhaps unsurprisingly, that's not the case. Uh, and while we haven't yet seen a major disruption that's caused you know, public health or, or medical facilities to go offline, uh, they are growing concerns that the load shedding is straining the ability of the public health medical system uh, to be able to provide care. And one particularly concerning thing we have seen already is that, as I mentioned, given the gridlock, ambulance drivers are facing a whole host of delays and because they can't necessarily get in touch with uh, the people they're trying to help via mobile communications, bear in mind that when electricity goes down, 
the cell towers that are fed by that electricity can also go down. You can see how this has a whole host of cascading problems uh, for people with uh, you know, particular medical um, difficulties. So if you're a traveler, you should absolutely make sure that you have anything on your person uh, that you may need in terms of um, pills or even you know, emergency syringes, things of that nature, uh, because unfortunately it, you may be delayed in the really horrific event that you need healthcare. And then finally, from the corporate perspective, uh, you know, there's there's no easy solution, uh, but there are obviously a few things that we've already seen a lot of companies start doing, which is first and foremost, as I already mentioned, investing in alternative power generation, uh, whether this is through batteries, uh, diesel generators, solar power, etc. But of course, this is by no means a panacea. For one thing, a lot of these things are very expensive. Uh, and so if you're a smaller business uh, operating in South Africa, you may not have the resources. Also, as I mentioned, uh, these precise things to mitigate the crisis are becoming targets for criminality. Uh, so tragically, for some of these businesses that may be purchasing batteries or other things, they actually could make themselves a deliberate target of criminals precisely because they're trying to take some of these steps. So that's a trade-off to consider. Um, another thing uh, to, to, to bear in mind uh, is that there may be some opportunities for remote work here. Again, this comes with a lot of trade-offs. Um, not all businesses, of course, can engage in remote work. We saw this, of course, during the pandemic, but it also applies here. Uh, if you're in a corporate office setting, sure, some of your employees may be able to proverbially work from home. Uh, but if you're in a sales position, a services industry, anything that requires in-person attendance, that's not feasible. Uh, and even for individuals who may be working from home, obviously that introduces a whole host of other risks that we also saw during the pandemic, everything from productivity to increased cyber threats, etc. So tragically, there, there are no real good options here. Um, and what we continue to see from you know the South African government is continual pledges to try to improve the situation, but there are no quick fixes because the fundamental problems here go really beyond the power generation capacity of ESCOM and are much more deep-seated. Uh, corruption issues, political interference, mismanagement, uh, poor culture, etc. cetera. Uh, and so until there's some real ability to tackle those in a sustainable way that we have simply not seen, uh, you're going to continue to have to deal with all of these and other risks. Wow. Well, thank you very much, Sam, for your analysis. You can learn how geopolitical events like this could affect your business with RAIN Worldview. Our flagship risk intelligence products provide clients with the access to the insights and analyses they need to make more informed decisions and drive better risk management outcomes. Sign up at RAINnetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E network.com. I'm Emma Kami. Thanks for listening.